0: giving farm workers opportunity to make the kind of money they're used to making in the world of farming, which is really governed by Mother Nature. You know, there's busy times and there's slower times. We're in sort of a slower time now, even though before you know it, things will get busy on the farm again. Welcome back to The Farming Show. Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI, as well as... Well, technically, I guess we're also kind of calling this the Save Family Farming podcast. Of course, I'm the communications director at Save Family Farming. We've been talking about this issue, and it has now come up in Olympia, as we talked about last week uh, with Enrique Gastelum here on the program, uh, a hearing in Olympia about this issue of overtime for farm workers. And, um, you know, it's, it's counterintuitive to a lot of folks, but as it turns out, Uh, the way that our state has enacted overtime for agriculture, for farm workers, has actually ended up hurting farm workers in many cases. And a lot of it has to do with margins in farming are already so tight. Costs are going up. Returns are going down. Um, So farms are faced with a choice. They can't afford... To pay overtime and stay in business in a lot of cases. The the money just isn't there. So what do they do? The only option that they have is to say, okay, people are going to have to keep their hours under 40 hours a week. Um, we've seen this in a lot of other industries. You know, I've experienced that in the, in the past of, you know, different changes that were supposed to benefit workers were put in place. Well, it just resulted in my hours being Cut and farm workers across Washington state are feeling that right now. State, uh, the state senate is in uh, their labor and commerce committee uh, has been looking at a, a measure that would allow a window, a seasonality window, as they're calling it, where farm workers could put in more hours if they want to, to, to go up to, in the case of the language that they're looking at right now, 50 hours a week for a 12 week uh, busy season. We know how that goes on the farm. Again, make hay when the sun shines. It's busy at a given time, slower at another time, so you got to get the hours when you can. Joining me right now, uh, she is CEO of Visions Economic Development Center in Yakima, formerly the Rural Community Development Resources uh, Organization. Maria Rodriguez, welcome to the program. And and you testified uh, this week at that hearing in Olympia Talk about why you were there and what your message was about this issue and how it's affecting farm workers and also small farms and farmers.
1: Thank you. Yes, I was there to testify and it's a very confusing policy and it's very confusing to the general public and to farm workers and to farm owners as a whole. But I do have a Center for Latino Farmers program that I run out of our organization. And some of the main concerns is profit margins, which you mentioned a little bit. They're already so tight. Or these smaller farms are struggling to compete with the larger farms as it is and increasing that over time. Um, hours or having their employees work these overtime hours is really going to cut into any profits, if any, that they're going to be receiving. So this gives believing the farmers that we deal with and their comments that we get back from them is it's going to help us during the busy times where we can't afford to pay them those extra hours, give us the, that small window of 12 weeks or however they decide to do that right. for the workers to continue to work those 50 hours and then, of course, receive overtime after that. There's positive comments. There's negative comments. Like I mentioned, it's a confusing um, ruling in what's going on. But to the most part, the farm workers and the farm owners that we've talked about are know that it's busy times. The farm workers that let's say you know you have your 50 hours or your 40 hour work weeks. And they don't, they're not going to give them overtime after that because, again, farmers are already strapped for cash and for profit as it is. Yep. What are they going to do? They're going to go seek another employment. They're going to go somewhere else. So instead of just working those extra hours at the same location – They're going to end up working them at another location, at another farm to make up that difference.
0: For straight time there as well, right? Correct. Exactly. Uh, So So then
1: they're going to be back in the same cycle. Yes, it's still going to hurt us from spending time with our families. I mean, that's farm labor. Unfortunately, it's one of the toughest uh, jobs that that are out there, but it's one of the most needed jobs in our communities. It's how we eat.
0: Yep. And that's what I grew up doing. I grew up on a red raspberry farm, small farm. Um, so I remember, I mean, July, we hardly ever left the farm because over here, you know, you're over in Yakima, you guys have various seasons of busy seasons for us. It was basically the month of July. That's when we're harvesting our raspberries. My dad who had the farm, he made all of his money for the entire year in like 25 days. You know, exactly. and so to even miss one day, to miss one hour was a big deal and and meant a lot to, you know, whether our family was going to make it or not. Um, One of the and by the way, we're talking with Maria Rodriguez right now. She's CEO of Visions Economic Development Center in Yakima, uh, which is also home to the Center for Latino Farmers over there talking about this issue of overtime farming. Uh, Over time, uh, what it really means to farm workers, what farm workers really want, as well as small farms um, and how they're being affected by this, particularly in labor intensive crops like raspberries and blueberries over here, like tree fruit, your apples, your uh, cherries. Uh, pears, and the list goes on from there, plus asparagus and so many other things. Blueberries also in eastern Washington. The list goes on and on of all the incredible food that we grow here. It affects all of the people involved in this. And I guess one of the things that I've been saying is you have to understand that farming— is not like your nine-to-five factory job, which is what the whole concept of the 40-hour work week and overtime after that is made for. Because you're doing it year-round. If you don't get something done on Friday afternoon and you hit your 40 hours, you clock out and say, all right, we'll get to that on Monday.
1: It doesn't work different
0: with farming. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way with cherries or apples or raspberries or any. These are time sensitive. Even just, you know, six hours, 12 hours sometimes is all you have uh, to hit the right window, depending on what kind of fruit you're harvesting. But mm. I say to people, if and I'm curious what you think of this, if this is a fair analogy. If someone were to come to you, to anyone, I'm thinking if someone were to come to me and say, I have a full-time job for you it's 2,000 hours you're going to work in a year and it's going to pay you X amount of dollars. But here's the deal. You can work that amount of hours any shorter part of the year and then even either have less hours or even take some time off in the other part of the year. I would say, yeah, I'm in. I would love to be able to travel a little bit or have a slower time to spend more time with my family. That's what happens with farming, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. And one of the things, too, as we mentioned, you know, it is time sensitive. You can't leave the fruit in the tree for the next day because the weather, uh, especially here in eastern Washington, is a little warmer than the west side. And it just goes to waste. And farmers cannot afford to lose their crop. I mean, that's what they live off of. That's how they feed their families. And that's how they pay their bills. And you're right. Everything's going up in expenses. And the income is not the same as it used to be. It doesn't add up as well as, uh, as we would like it to.
0: So it's hard decisions
1: for for the farmers and the farm workers to decide, you know, where are they going to go or what's going to happen? It's not an easy decision to do for policymakers as well.
0: I'm thinking about small farms here, too, because uh, often the retort is, well, this whole effort to get seasonality, to mess with overtime um, is just a, a ploy by big, rich farmers to protect their huge wealth and bottom line. Um, but the reality is this hits the smallest, the farm workers and the very small farmers harder than anybody, right?
1: Correct. They they don't have as many acres that they can play with. They have the acres that they need to live off of. And many times a lot of people don't understand that. And it's like, well, you have a farm. Yes, but the expenses are expensive. You got, you know, uh, pesticide maintaining, equipment maintenance, um, keeping track of the fruit, the pest, uh, the pests that are coming, the birds, whatever insects are coming. whatever season it is. So it really varies. You never know what you're going to get. You don't know what mother nature is going to do. And you have to go off of that. You have to call your workers. Sometimes you are running 24 hours a day, some depending on the crop of the, of the time of the season. And it's just hard decisions by the farm, farm owners, especially the farm, the smaller farmers because they are they can't afford this. So they're really going to start considering, okay, do I pay you or do I let my crop go? And we may see some uh, rippling effects, negative ripple effects in the future because of such yeah. things.
0: Well, and there's a really neat story going on here, too. Thinking about your work with Center for Latino Farmers. Uh, these, these Hispanic families who grew up, who have been around farming and are now getting in, in some cases, as owners of their own orchards and farms... This is the future of farming. You know, these are the communities, the people really on the ground who will continue on the legacy that we have here of growing food. You know, as as other populations age out, you see so many farmers going, you know, you know retiring and their their family not continuing on the family farm some of these families who are living and experiencing the the american dream that that's what they're doing right now i think that's a largely untold story the number of farms that farm work former farm workers are now running on their own which is it's an incredible thing to see
1: Yes and it is a growing number and that's what we've been doing for the last uh, 15 years in our organization and helping transition these farm workers supervisors of the farm the foremen and that are you're right you know the families aren't coming back to farm they don't want to do it it's very hard work so then they're selling it off to their foreman and they yeah. take it on and because they've lived in the land they've worked with it they recognize yeah. it they know it and now their kids are are picking it up as well
0: absolutely just it, it I, I think that's so cool when i see that happening and and you know on my real food real people podcast i've interviewed a few farmers who, who that's their story as well i think of pedro cuevas over there in royal city i think a Flor Maldonado up in uh, up in uh Tenasket and, and mm-hmm. others that i've talked with about that again this is the farming show i'm dylan honkoop here on kgmi our guest right now maria rodriguez uh, she's ceo of visions economic development center in yakima uh, which has a a project called Center for Latino Farmers. Uh, She spoke out on this overtime issue and a bill that would at least start to help give some relief to small farms and farm workers on um, the problems that the state's rollout of agricultural overtime has caused. So we've talked about what you're hearing from farmers on this. What about that word from farm workers? Are they reaching out to you as well and and their desires in what they want to see happen with this issue?
1: Uh, yeah, we've gotten uh, plenty of calls and comments and, you know, really clarifying what this 50 hour work week looks like and what it is. And it's really just, uh, you're still able to work more than the 40 hours or more than the 50 hours. You know, you're not capping the work week at 50, which is uh, misunderstanding many times. So trying to explain what the, what the issue is and really what it means after those 50 hours, then you get your overtime pay. If you're working 60 hours, for example, it is, a break for the farmer uh in our case we're helping latino farmers um, ownership owner operators to save a little bit on cost but it goes across all farmers in the in the, in the state so then they're like oh so i can work more than 50 yes yeah, yeah. you will, you can it's just depending on the farmer he may pick 12 weeks in the fall during picking season or he might pick them in the springtime when to get ready for the crop i mean right. we don't know what the farmer's gonna want we don't know what the weather is going to look like and it's a we're gonna it's a trial by error we're gonna have to learn with it as we go and as it keeps growing and going in the interstate
0: now you testified at the hearing thursday morning um what was that experience like and what, what what was your sense of you know some of the farm workers that spoke there um then some activist groups that spoke as well and their attorneys as well as as the lawmakers who were holding the hearing listening how did you feel the whole thing came across? Because there, there was some pretty intense rhetoric about racism and, you know, a lot of heavy-duty ideology kind of stuff that some folks were trying to pull into this
1: well unfortunately I did get there and I was able to testify towards the end so I did hear everybody's comments both what you just mentioned the, the from the farmers the farm workers the owners the legal and you know the senators that were in the committee and you know I, as a nonprofit organization and in, in helping and dealing with different folks in our communities you you get familiarized with their standpoint and you try to understand where they're coming from but it, it was a little hostile at points um, I mm. think it, you know, It's the lack of understanding perhaps of the bill or what it really means. Again, going back to the comment where I hear from our clients and my constituents in our organization is, well, am I only going to work up to 50 hours? No, you can work more hours. It's just that's what they're capping the work week. After that, then it becomes overtime. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, there's historical data that shows that perhaps in the past, some laws were a little bit more intimidating than they are now. That doesn't mean that's the intention of the senators bringing the bill forward. And sure, a lot of people were were upset of those uh, strong comments. You know, everybody's passionate of of their opinions. They're passionate about who their representative. They're passionate about what it is. And it's the heat of the moment. And you just want to get things out. But, you know, when you have a one-on-one conversation. conversation after talking and going through it, then it kind of mellows out. And I think that's this committees are they don't have all the time to mellow out that conversation, really get to the data and the background and the history and why we're trying to do this to try to compromise. But it was very interesting to see that I've been in other committees uh, to testify for economic development for the farmers, um, you know, in agriculture. And it's a little bit of different it's different every time it's never the same there are some that are strong felt of their opinions and rightfully yeah. so they can, they're entitled to their opinions but i think we have to be cognizant of you know what is this really doing and how are we helping or hurting the situation
0: absolutely true and that's where we can all hope that cooler heads prevail and actually understand the facts of this situation hear the voices particularly of the actual people that it affects versus people who have political agendas who may claim to be standing up for those people, but are they really listening to those people? That's That was my big question coming away from <laughs> that meeting, where the people, uh, some of the people in the room were there saying that they were standing up representing and protecting farm workers, yet they were disagreeing with the actual farm workers in the room, which was kind of bizarre, if you ask me. I don't know how you felt about that, Maria, but I, I thought, you know, there's more to the story here, that people need to be actually listening to each other rather than continuing down a line just because that's where they've kind of staked their political claim.
1: And and again, going back to my point, I mean, these meetings are to hear both sides, hear both comments. It's not meant to be uh, attacking a certain senator or a certain committee or a certain organization. We're here to work together. You know, this is what we're that's why laws are made. That's what bills are passed to try to compromise. It's not going to be an easy decision. You know, not everybody's going to get what they want. Not everybody's going to be happy at the end of the day with the decision that's made. The senators i'm sure are going to have a difficult time deciding and approving or voting for whatever bill comes to their table right. um nobody's ever going to be 100 happy and that's just what compromise is all about right. and i think you know getting to know each organization and really talking having those more thorough discussions with different parties making sure everybody's understanding okay this is a this is b this is c let's go any questions on each of these items and then so we can get everybody's point of view everybody's on the same page then we can you know we we still have our own opinions we still are, are going to feel very strongly about our opinions but there's uh there's different ways to go about it and always try to diffuse the situation yeah. and in this case i mean you know we don't have a lot of time to do that i mean yeah. two minutes allowed per per testimony and there were a lot of people testifying and, and so that just shows how many people care about what's going on in our state. We yeah. care about our farm workers, we care about our farmers, but you know, as the Center for Latino Farmers, we have to see, okay, our clients are the small farmers. How is this affecting them? How is this hurting them or helping them? How do we help them explain this is what this means? You know, so whatever happens where you're getting your farm workers, they're already struggling in getting farm workers to come work in their farms and competing with the H2A workers. You know, these are things that oftentimes benefit the larger farms. And some people don't always take that into account. You know, they're trying to reduce costs and this is going to help them a little bit to maintain those revenues and keep them at home with their families.
0: And, the, and this is, you know, some people say, ah, they don't like farms getting bigger and bigger. Well, it's rules and situations like this and a myriad others uh, that are causing you know, or at least part of the, the reason why farms are getting bigger to be able to manage this kind of stuff. Um, let, let's not yeah throw the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, so Mm -hmm. to speak Maria Rodriguez CEO of visions economic development center with us here on the farming show uh, this half hour just about 30 seconds left Maria just real quick you know uh, we're on the air here over in western Washington but we're going to share this on the uh, on the internets Uh, so folks over on the east side may be listening in at one point or the other as well Uh, just tell them real quick about your your organization how they can get in touch with you and uh, what kind of stuff you guys do.
1: Great. Thank you so much. Again, Maria Rodriguez, CEO of Visions Economic Development Center. We have uh, primary programs of economic development where we provide business assistance and access to capital for 11 counties in central Washington, the Center for Latino Farmers Program, which again assists uh, transitioning farm workers into farm ownership, our citizenship program, and our latest initiative in veterans trying to get into business. So you can always contact us at 509-453-5133, located in Yakima.
0: Maria, thank you so much for your time and thank you for speaking out on this Issue.
1: You have a great one.